Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening. If you seem to sense an aura of cold dampness that permeates this room, Attribute it not to either defective air conditioning or inclement indoor weather. It's simply because this is rather a special place with a special statuary and special paintings. It's the Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. And welcome to this Tuesday episode, episode number 1310. It is a July 18th. If you're listening the day it is uploaded, right next to me is... Kimmy! Hi there, I am your host, Patrick Riley. You know what you are. You're bumbling, stupid, incompetent, and useless, and those are your good points. Uh, that's that's uh, that, that's true. Uh, and right next to me is Kimmy, the person who's not bumbling and, and has uh, many, many good points. Hello. Hello. Welcome to a Tuesday. Thank you. And by the way, we do truly have an art gallery. Uh, thank you to Chris King, the artist Chris King. We have another uh, piece of art. Uh, added to our collection and it's a big piece of art it's amazing yeah you can check out the video of that being presented to us it's available right on our website also our facebook page and uh you know once again thank you to chris for giving us this lawn cheney jr wolfman painting mm-hmm. and i'm a big fan of the universal classic horror films and uh chris knows that and uh, for our 1000th episode a year ago he gave us a bela lugosi and we have Lon now right next to Bela. Yeah. That is way cool. Yes. And uh, thank you to Chris for uh, giving us that. And by the way, you can check out Chris King's work. Uh, he has a Facebook page dedicated all to his art, The Art of Chris King. And he will be appearing at Space Coast Comic Con coming up in September with Athena Finger, the granddaughter of Bill Finger. So Chris King and Athena will be at Space Coast Comic Con. You can find out more about Space Coast Comic Con by going to their Facebook page. We have links available right on our website and an event page dedicated just to that. And also, like to say thank you going all out to David Grace and Jake Estrada, the promoters of Space Coast Comic Con, for inviting the Riley and Kimmy show to this upcoming event. Thanks, guys. Kimmy, I have a question for you on a Tuesday. Are you willing and able to play nerd and pop culture trivia? Oh, yeah. Riley and Kimmy Show. Shall we play a game? That is the big question. I, I have to make sure again, 100%. You are able to play nerd and pop culture trivia on this Tuesday, Kimmy. Absolutely. who find this to be their first time listening to nerd and pop culture trivia what we do is we've well what we've done actually scrambled up the timeline we've adjusted it it is not in linear or chronological order it's all over the place i like my mind it's everywhere 
We asked Kimmy some questions from that timeline that's jumbled up. You can help her. You can shout out some answers to whatever listening device you have the Riley and Kimmy Show playing on. It could be anything because we are mobile. We are global. You can take us anywhere on planet Earth. Tell your friends you found a place that offers pop culture escapism every single day. A brand new episode. That's right. Often imitated, but never duplicated. The Riley and Kimmy Show. So yell at that laptop, desktop, tablet, smartphone, smartwatch, whatever computing device you're listening to the Riley and Kimmy show on. You might help Kimmy because you are in our future and you can shout out an answer. It'll go right through a time vortex. A portal will open up and there it goes right into Kimmy's head somehow. At least that's a story she's told me and we stick to it. Either that or she is psycho. I mean, psychic. It's one of the two. So whichever it is, we're going to find out how she plays today on Tuesday, July 18th. Here we go with our very first question, going to the music category to give Kimmy a chance to start off on the plus side because music is her strong category. Here we go, Kimmy. The year is 1953. This individual is an unknown at the time. He records a song called My Happiness as a Gift for His Mother. It is his first recording. He will shortly after that become very famous. Here is your audio clue. Tell me who he is. Where the skies are gray or blue Any place on earth will do Just as long as I'm with you My Happiness 1953, that is the original recording. Who is that? Is that Elvis? That is Elvis. Elvis Presley, 1953, song to his mama. Moving, Remember, the timeline is adjusted, Kimmy. Moving to something else. The very first Wienermobile rolls out of General Body Company, their factory in Chicago, Illinois. Two-part question. First part. Tell me the name of the company that that Wienermobile belongs to. Oscar Mayer Wiener. Oh, I'd love to be an Oscar Mayer Wiener. That is what I truly like to be. Because if I were an Oscar Mayer Wiener, everyone would be in love with me. A big grade is so inspiring. Oh, I'm glad I'm not an Oscar Mayer Wiener. That is what I never want to be. Because if I were an Oscar Mayer Wiener, there would soon be nothing left of me. Oop, oop, yeah. Oop, boo, boo. We admire wieners. Oscar Mayer Wieners. They are so plump and tender, too. It's Oscar Mayer for me and you. Wieners. Oscar Mayer wieners, the best you ever put in buns. Was there the juicy all meat ones? Man, they taste just dandy, and they're oh so handy. They're fully cooked, just heat and eat. And eat and eat. Hey, if you've been wishing, say for great nutrition, you get the protein you require. From wieners made by Oscar Mayer. Kimmy, can you recognize that deep voice for the Oscar Mayer song? 
Well, that sounds like the voice of Tony the Tiger. That is right. You got that right. Now, Oscar Mayer, yeah, we had a couple of songs there to give you a chance, a time to think and prepare for the question we're about to ask you. What year did the first Wienermobile, the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile, roll out of uh, the factory? Well, last decade, was it 1930s, 1940s, 1950s, or 1960s? 1960s. The very first Wienermobile probably shocked people. Big time. It hit the streets in 1930. Wow. Actually, 1936. It was the 30s when it hit. Wow. I bet that was a sight to see. Yeah. 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 yeah there, there goes a big wiener down the street. <laughs> that, that was. Moving back to pop culture and nerd trivia, actually more on the history side here, Kimmy. Tell us what century this song was published. The Boston Gazette publishes a song called Liberty Song. It is America's first patriotic song. What century? Here is, well, a recording of the song, not from when it was first released. It's somebody who decided to record it uh, much, much later. Then join hand in hand, brave Americans all. By uniting we stand, by dividing we fall. In so righteous a cause, let us hope to succeed. For heaven approves of each generous deed. Okay, was that the 18th century, 19th century, or 20th century? 18th century. That's right, 1768 that was published. 1927, Ty Cobb set a Major League Baseball record by getting his 4,000th career hit. He hit 4,191 before he retired in 1928. The year is 1936. The Columbia Workshop debuts on CBS Radio. The year, 1947. Did you get that, Kimmy? 1947. All right. This United States president signs the Presidential Succession Act, which places the Speaker of the House and the Senate president pro tempore right next in line of succession right after the vice president. Now, who was the president who signed that? Truman. That's right. Harry S. Truman did that. 1947. The year is 1960. You would not know this recording group, Kimmy. You know the song, but not the recording group. They released this song first, but it would become a hit later in the year, but it was released for the first time on this date in 1960. The original song is by Hank Ballard and the Midnighters, but you know it by somebody else. Here's the original. Come on, baby! There's too much wind. Come on, baby! There's too much wind. And the Midnighters with the original version of the twist. Who would have it as a hit later in the year, Kimmy? Chubby Checker. And song, if you'll notice, you can't say it's technically different because technology-wise and everything, they're about the same in that time period, very close. But uh, Chubby's, in my opinion, has more power behind it. It has uh, just a, a better produced song mm -hmm. uh, entirely. Yes. Not bashing the Hank Ballard as uh, in the vocals and stuff like that. It's just his, for some reason, they have more punch, more kick, mm -hmm. uh, Chubby Checkers. Staying in the year 1960, matter of fact, this date, 
This song is released. Tell me the name of the song, Kimmy. My heart was captured. My soul surrendered. I spent a lifetime waiting for the right time. Now that you're near, the time is here at last. What is the name of the song? It's Now or Never. It's Now or Never. cha-cha-cha there. That's whom, Kimmy? Elvis. Yeah, Elvis. It's now or never 1960. Moving to something else on this date in history. It's on this date 1964. Pete Rose hits the only Grand Slam home run of his career. What team is he playing for? Cincinnati Reds. That's correct. The year is 1970. Willie Mays becomes the 10th baseball player to get 3,000 hits. Staying in 1970, Ron Hunt for the San Francisco Giants was hit by a pitch. Eh, you might say, so? Well, it was the 119th time in his career he had been hit by a pitch. Wow. I don't know if he holds the record, but it sounds like it hurts a lot. Ouch. Yeah, 119 ouches. The year's 1980. This recording artist's album tops the charts. It is at number one. It has many hits off of it. We'll give you a clue here. Matter of fact, <laughs> we have an extra clue in case you need it. Tell me the name of the recording artist. Here is a clue, one of the singles. Can you name the song? You may be right. You may be right. I may be crazy. Is the recording artist Billy Joel? That's right. <laughs> Bonus points. Can you tell me the name of the album? There's kind of a clue there. Um, the album is Glass Houses, Glass Shattering Glass Houses is the name ah. of the album. And you were correct, you may be right. Was uh, one of the singles also another one? Was it still Rock and Roll to Me? Uh, I'm sure you know both of those. Mm -hmm. And you, you might have that, don't you? Uh, glass Houses, probably, or some of it, mm. MP3s or something. Mm -mm. No, no, no vinyl. Mm -mm. Uh, all right. The year is 1984. Two singles are released by this recording artist. Here is one of them. Here is your clue. Tell me the name of the song. What is it? Let's go crazy. Let's go. Let's go crazy. And who recorded that? Prince. That's right. 1984. He released it, and he also released it with Erotic City. They were both released at the same time. Oh. But uh, one of those got airplay. A lot, mm -hmm. a lot. The other one, not that much. At least not on radio stations uh, across most commercial radio stations. There might have been a few brave ones back then. The year is 1986. Videotapes released showing Titanic's sunken remains. The year is 1988. This single is released. Tell me the name of the song. Aruba, Jamaica. Ooh, I wanna take What is the name of that song? Kokomo. Kokomo. That's where you want to go to get away from it all. Bodies in the 
And who is the recording artist, Kimmy? The Beach Boys. That's right, Beach Boys, 1988. Staying in 1988, filming begins on a certain movie. Filming begins on License to Kill. Now, this marks the second time and the final time this individual will play James Bond. Can you tell me? Who plays James Bond for his second and final time in 1988 on License to Kill? Timothy Dalton? Kimmy is correct. Timothy Dalton, License to Kill, began filming today, 1988. Parts of, a lot of parts of it. Though, there, it was filmed in two locations, but the part filmed in the United States, or parts filmed in the United States, were filmed in Florida, in the Florida Keys. You get to see, you know, like Hemingway's house and things like that. And one of your favorite parts, too, Kimmy, that is the Seven Mile Bridge towards Pigeon Key was used uh, for a climactic scene there. And I know that's one of your favorite bridges on planet Earth, isn't it? You love driving on that bridge. Yeah, Kimmy freaks out. You know, you never experienced, because I went to the Keys quite a few times on business, and you never experienced driving pitch black on that. Mm-hmm. It feels like a David Lynch highway thing. Because you know to your left is water. <laughs> to your right is water. Cool thing, though, is watch a moon rise coming over the... Uh, Oh, on that bridge is, your, is it coming up over the Atlantic. It's, mm. it's beautiful. It is. Although it's kind of eerie because you know there's water. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Well, I guess you don't want to go on a drive with me, do you? Mm-mm. Staying in the year 1988, a California appeals court upheld a lower court's decision to dismiss a case against Ozzy Osbourne and CBS Records. In 1984, a teenager allegedly killed himself after listening to Ozzy's suicide solution. The year is 1992, Whitney Houston marries whom? Bobby Brown. That's right, 1992. It was on this date, 1995. An album was released after this performer's death. Question is, who is the performer? Here's the title track from the album that reached number 22 on Billboard's Hot 100 in 1995. Because I'm dreaming. of you is the name of the album that's the title track number 22 is what it eventually hit on billboard's hot 100 it did far better on the latin charts year is 1995 jennifer lopez would play this singer in a biography can you tell me the name of the singer selena that's correct staying in 1995 dreams from my father a memoir by this future president of the united states is published by times books can you tell me who That is. Who's the author? Barack Obama. That's correct. The year is 2000. It was announced that Christopher Reeve would direct and serve as executive producer on the TV movie Rescuing Jeffrey. Celebrity and notable birthdays. Give me this individual, one of my favorite voices of all time. He did a lot of things. He was in Westerns. He was on television. He recorded material. Boy, 
And uh, let's see. He was also in one of my favorite episodes of Alfred Hitchcock called Don't Interrupt. Originally broadcast in 1958 as part of the fourth season. He might be a killer. may not. You have to figure it out yourself. On that episode, he's riding a train with a family. Kind of a cool thing, too, by the way. Scatman Crothers makes an appearance in there. And I don't even know if he's credited for it all. It's a very, very small role for him. And he's in one of my favorite episodes of Night Gallery. He plays with Burgess Meredith in a thing called The Little Black Bag. That's where they are, well, they're bums. And Burgess Meredith was a, a doctor who went on to Skid Row because he had a drinking problem or something. I don't even know if they even tell you what it was. But a bag from the future. A medical bag that can cure anything arrives. And it's a really, it's the best Night Gallery episode, in my opinion. Mm. And he is one of the things that makes it. He had a fantastic voice, unique voice. He was the voice of Francis the Talking Mule in all the movies except one when Paul Freeze took over the role to cover for him. But he was Francis. And he also was, well, he, he recorded things like this. I'm going to fix it so nothing can hurt you now. So sleep, baby. Sleep. Sleep. That's it. Daddy's girl. You remember when you was a little bitty old tyke? I remember that freckle-faced boy next door. <laughs> you remember me, little old rascal? He used to make your teardrops start. You pulled your curls, broke your little old mama doll, and I held you close and I forced a smile. Then I tried to ease your tiny broken heart. Remember? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. Your daddy's girl. Daddy's girl. I, I wish we had video rolling because Kimmy's reaction is priceless. I just want to let you know that is on the MP3 player. In our next road trip, you will be hearing the extended version of Chill Will's Daddy's Girl. That sounded kind of creepy. Uh, yeah, it is a little strange. Anyway, uh, he, 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 he was born on this date in 1903, died 1978 at the age of 76. was also Academy Award nominated. Uh, he played in the movie Alamo, the Alamo. And he acted opposite of John Wayne. He played the beekeeper. That was the name of the character, beekeeper. Uh, that was the name of the character. He was up for an Academy Award. Next individual born on this date, Hume Cronin. Born on this date, 1911. He acted often with his wife, Jessica Tandy, in a period of over 50 years. He was in stage and screen. One of my favorite uh, movies that he's in is the 1943 movie called Shadow of a Doubt. He plays Herbie, a next-door neighbor who, well, he's really into crime fiction, especially murders, if you'll remember, Kimmy. And he's always talking with uh, Charlie's father, Charlie being a girl, for those who don't know, about how to kill people. Remember, they're talking about all the ways to you know, bump people off. It's really weird, but it's really cool. He pulls it off. It's funny, and I, I think it's actually kind of, Edgy for the time period of 1943. Mm. Love that movie, Shadow of a Doubt. And he was also in Cocoon in 1985 and its sequel. It's in the sci-fi film. I don't think you've ever seen it, Kimmy. I'm not sure. 1987, Batteries Not Included, which was originally supposed to be an amazing story episode, but Spielberg felt it could be actually a film. And so they left it off of Amazing Stories, the TV show. And he is one of my favorite characters from Hawaii Five-0. He, he's in two episodes He plays a, well, a con artist who also uses 
disguises. He and you get to see the actor really working his craft in that one because he becomes different individuals and he fools Steve McGarrett. It's really, really cool. Next person born on this date, Harriet Nelson. Can you tell me what comedy group she was part of? Radio, television? Um, the Nelsons. And her husband's name? Ozzy. Yeah, The Adventures of Ozzy and Harriet was on radio and TV for a long period of time. Next person, a comedian, Kimmy, you might know him. He has a very unique voice. He was known for his pantomime abilities. Matter of fact, he went on stage seriously starting at the age of 10, traveled America, quit school, and was traveling America at a very early age, learned how to pantomime and be a clown. He would sometimes be a clown as a bit. He's not known as that. He's the only thing. He's not Emmett Kelly or something like that. But he had his own comedy show on television and radio, and he was in films, did vaudeville and stage work. Radio was not that nice to him, meaning he was very visual, very physical. And he was at the right place in the right time when television came to be because he wanted to go into this new uh, technology in new form, and he adapted very well, quickly, and routines he had done on stage years before he couldn't do on radio, he could do on television. See if you can identify him by his voice, Kimmy. That's what we're asking you, if you can identify who that birthday person is, born 1913. I remember a teacher that I had. Now, I only, I went, I went through the seventh grade. I went to the seventh grade. I left home when I was 10 years old because I was hungry. And I used to, this is, this is true. I work in the summer and I go to school in the winter. But I had this one teacher. He was the principal of the Harrison School in Vincennes, Indiana. To me, this was the greatest teacher, a real sage of, of my time, anyhow. He had such wisdom. And we were all reciting the Pledge of Allegiance one day. And he walked over, this little old teacher. Mr. Laswell was his name. Freddy the Freeloader was one of his characters. Can you tell me who he is by any chance, Kimmy? Mm-mm. That's Red Skelton, born in this date, 1913. By the way, he was an artist. He, he, he originally was just painting for fun. He'd paint clowns and things like that. And it was just a hobby up until about 1964. That's when his wife convinced him to start showing his work. She said, why don't you show it here in Las Vegas? Because he was performing at the Sands Hotel. So they did, and... It was a success. And by the way, he started selling prints and lithographs of his art, earning $2.5 million yearly just from lithograph sales. At the time of his death in 1997, his art dealer believed that Skelton had earned more money through his paintings than from his television work. Mm. Born 1913, Marvin Miller... Uh, you're going to say, I don't know who that is. Well, he was a voice actor and on-camera actor had a fantastic voice. He was the voice of Aquaman for the filmation cartoons of the 1967 series of Superman Aquaman Hour. He was also a voice on many things like Fantastic Voyage, and he was also a voice in the show that you know, Land of the Lost. He was a voice of an alien named Zarn who appeared in three episodes. Did a lot of, lot of voice work. A sample of his voice work it was actually from uh, his television on-camera work we have before we get to his most famous piece of work. See if you identify maybe what his most famous voice is, Kimmy. This is pretty close to the way it was in a movie that he was immortalized in. Here's your clue. Welcome. Make yourself comfortable, won't you? I want to tell you a story. A story that's strange but true. Absolutely true. 
Just a few yarns back, I told you about an arch-criminal named Max Shinburn, a man who was a master of organized crime and who pulled the most ingenious and profitable bank robbery on record. Now I want to tell you what finally happened to him. But time out for just a moment, and then I'll tell you my story. Can you identify maybe what movie his voice was used for? Here is your clue. He is known for being a robot in a certain movie. Tell me the name of the movie. Welcome to Altair 4, gentlemen. I am to transport you to the residence. If you do not speak English... I am at your disposal with 187 other languages along with their various dialects and sub-tongues. That is correct, sir. For your convenience, I am monitored to respond to the name Robbie. Nice climate you have here. High oxygen content. I rarely use it myself, sir. It promotes rust. Hey, Doc, is it a, is it a male or female? In my case, sir, the question is totally without meaning. Will you get in, gentlemen? Passengers will please fasten their seat belts. You saw that movie with me, Kimmy. Out at NASA, they ran that classic film one night. They showed it in the Rocket Garden. The movie starred Leslie Nielsen, a very young Leslie Nielsen, as the captain of a starship. It also starred... One of my favorite actresses of all time. Anne Francis. Yes, in the name of the movie. The Forbidden Planet. Ah, yes. Yes, he was the voice of Robbie the Robot, and he asked Robbie the Robot would be an influence on other things like the Lost in Space uh, robot. And also, the spaceship that was used in The Forbidden Planet would be an influence on the Jupiter 2. And it's actually an influence, probably, on Star Trek as well. The, the, the movie. Fantastic movie. I urge... You to see this if you've never seen it before. The sound effects, the music that was utilized was just ahead of its time in ways. It, it, it changed the game with films. Very, very well done. I love that movie. It's one of my favorites of all time. And by the way, also uh, Marvin Miller was also voice in, uh, he was the narrator to the Electra Woman and Dinah Girl cartoon from 1976, all 15 episodes of that. Have you ever seen that? Remember Electra Woman? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. Sheltered. Back to trivia, Kimmy, this person born 1921, an American astronaut, and he became a senator. He went in space a couple of times. First time, he was the first American to orbit the Earth, and then later, when he was advanced in age, he went up in the space shuttle. Can you tell me the name of this person? John Glenn. That is correct. Tell me what year he passed away, within two. 2016. You got it exactly right. Did somebody shout that out to you? Nope. Next person's an actor. Tell me who it is once you figure it out with the clues. Tell me how old he is, okay? Mm-hmm. We'll give you a five-year buffer on age. He's the husband of Barbara Streisand. And you just recently watched part of a movie with me that he was in, a 1977 movie called The Car. And he also was in The Amityville Horror in 1979. Mm-hmm. And his son is a famous actor. Who is he? James Brolin. That's correct. How old is James Brolin today? Uh, 78. You get it. He's 77. Now, his breakthrough role came in 1969 with a television series. Can you tell me the name of the TV show? It was a doctor show. He played the young doctor. 
Dr. Welby? Uh, we'll accept that. It's Marcus Welby. MD. He was on that from 1969 to 1976. If you've ever seen clips of it, uh, he was the guy that rode the motorcycle. Yeah. And he was on another hit TV show. Can you tell me the name of it? Nineteen eighty-three to nineteen eighty-eight, he was on this show. He played uh, in all one hundred and fifteen, or almost all one hundred and fifteen episodes. He acted opposite of Connie Selica. That was his love interest. Can you tell me the name of that show? It was a number one show, or right in the top ten, many times. I don't know. It was called Hotel. You remember Hotel, oh. the Aaron Spelling nighttime thing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love She's actually admitting she watched it. That's scary. Moving back back to trivia, you'll do well here. I think it is music-based. This individual had many hits in the 60s, an American R&B and pop singer. Here is a clue. Can you tell me who she is? This song was number two in 1964 on the Billboard Hot 100. <laughs> That was a hit for this individual, and others tried to cover it. Van Halen did, but didn't break the top 40 with it. And then later in the 1980s, somebody had it as a hit. Uh, you know, uh, the person had it as a hit in the 80s, the two, right, the duo. Oh, yeah, it was Mick Jagger and David Bowie. That's right. It was number seven in the United States in 1985. You can't tell me the recording artist who had that as a hit in 64, who's having a birthday. No. Here's another clue. No Can you do it? Nowhere to run. 1965 hit number eight on the Billboard Hot 100. Mm-mm. Okay, and one more. Number four from 1963 on the Hot 100. Can you tell me who had Heat Wave as a hit? No. The answer is Martha Reeves. You know, Martha Reeves and the Vandellas. She's having a birthday today. She is 76. Next person is an actor. Oh, he's been in many, many things. One of them you know. He was the voice and live capture for the character Groot in Guardians of the Galaxy in 2014 and also Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 in 2017. Who is he? Vin Diesel. That's right. How old is he within five years today? Uh, 50. You got it exactly right. Next individual having a birthday, an actress. Not sure if you know who she is. She, well, became a uh, a name with Veronica Mars. She played Veronica from 2004 to 07. Can you tell me who Kristen Bell is or how old Kristen Bell is? Do you know who she is? Mm-hmm. You know who the actress Kristen Bell is. How old is she today within five? 35. You get it. Kristen Bell is 37 today. I see dead people. 
Notable deaths today. It was on this date in 1966. This person passed away. A musician, a performer, died at the age of 23. He had a song which became a big hit. It was number nine in 1966 on the Hot 100. Can you tell me who the mystery person is? is that kimmy richie valens interesting guess but not correct it's bobby fuller and he was with bobby fuller four that was uh the well the name on the record label that had i fought the law number nine hit and billboard hot 100 by the way the song was ranked number 175 on rolling stone list of 500 greatest songs of all time in 2004 and the same year it was named one of the 500 songs that shaped rock by rock and roll hall of fame Sad note, just six months after that song made its first appearance on the Billboard Top 100, Fuller was found dead in his mother's car in a parking lot near his Los Angeles, California apartment. Now, the Los Angeles Police Department declared the death an apparent suicide, but others believed him to have been murdered. His death was profiled in an episode of Unsolved Mysteries. Fuller's bandmate Jim Reese suspected that Charles Manson may have had something to do with his death, but could never provide credible evidence about that. Hmm. Who knows, maybe with that upcoming uh, Charles Manson movie, maybe they'll have something in that. Mm. That is being made, right? Some, mm-hmm. uh, who's, is that Tarantino? Yes. Oh, okay. Who knows, maybe he will delve into that. Kimmy, I think you did a fantastic job on this Tuesday playing trivia. Thank you for being a uh, willing participant. Oh, sure. And right now we're going to focus on something from the golden age of radio we talked about, well, on trivia. Radio was So Riley and Kimmy show. Anytime we can go back in time to the golden age of radio, we take that opportunity. And considering today, on this date in history in 1936, the Columbia Workshop debuted on CBS Radio. I thought we would focus on that. It is an interesting old-time radio show. Matter of fact, it is golden in many ways. One of them being it is an excellent example of the use of sound. While other shows prior to the Columbia Workshop focused really on celebrities being part of a show and the sound elements weren't necessarily all that great or much of, the individual who created this show, Columbia Workshop, was a sound engineer and wanted to use new technology and develop things. And he believed sound was a key component and he wanted to use a lot of sound effects and created new techniques and new microphone usages to enhance things, to develop more of a theater of the mind. We have two examples of the Columbia Workshop. First one is the very first episode that aired on this date in 1936. It's called Comedy of Danger, Finger of God, followed by the episode that aired the following week called Broadway Evening, That aired July 25th, 1936. But right now, going back in time to the very first episode, Comedy of Danger, Finger of God, here is the Columbia Workshop on the Riley and Kimmy Show. The Columbia Workshop, under the direction of Irving Reese. 
Ladies and gentlemen, Columbia takes pride in inaugurating tonight a new series of programs dedicated to you and to the magic of radio, the Columbia Workshop. The Columbia Workshop believes in radio, in its past accomplishments, and in its promise for the future. Radio has reduced the area of the world to a split second of time for the transmission of human thought and feeling through man's literature, his music, his spoken word. In the five centuries that bridged the years since Gutenberg invented movable types and gave the world the store of man's knowledge through the printed word, no discovery has promised greater potentialities for shaping the world's culture than the slim, swift path of the electric wave. With the speed of light, it cuts through the barriers of boundary, class, race, and distance. While these words, electrically amplified 100 trillion times from the microphone to the transmitters which hurl them on the air, are being sent to you on broadcast bands, a hundred other bands in the radio spectrum are busily engaged performing useful functions for man. At this second somewhere, 20,000 feet above the Earth's surface, giant aerial transport planes are winging their way above clouds, through night and fog following the straight, invisible electric path of the radio beam signal, which guides them unerringly to their destination. On the high seas, or near treacherous shoals and reef-strewn waters, the signal of the radio compass station points the way for mariners when the stars are hidden and the sextant useless. In hospitals throughout the world, electrical surgery and shortwave artificial fever machines, radio's contribution to medicine, are helping scientists in their onslaught against disease and pain. The Columbia Workshop dedicates itself to the purposes of familiarizing you with the story behind radio, both in broadcasting as well as in aviation, shipping, communication, and pathology, and to experiment in new techniques with the hope of discovering or evolving new and better forms of radio presentation, with a special emphasis on radio drama, to encourage and present the work of new writers and artists who may have fresh and vital ideas to contribute. The workshop earnestly asks your participation in these and future experiments. Your response alone will enable us to judge our progress, and we shall appreciate your letters, your criticisms, and your suggestions. Now, tonight we wish to try an unusual experiment in dramatic presentation. We're going to present two well-known short plays, one has been written for the microphone and one for little theater presentation. In the radio play, A Comedy of Danger by Richard Hughes, first produced by the British Broadcasting Company, the author created his setting for radio's dimensions alone. It would be almost impossible to present this play properly on a stage or on a screen. We shall attempt to produce the play, giving it every advantage of radio technique. And after you hear A Comedy of Danger, we shall present Percival Wilde's one-act play, The Finger of God. This play will be presented with a technique never attempted in radio before. Mr. Myron Sattler, well-known director of the Little Theater, has been asked to stage this play in the studio exactly as if he were presenting it before a theater audience. The performers will pay no attention to the microphone. They'll move around as the stage business demands on a special set which we have erected in the studio. Through the cooperation of the Columbia Engineering Department, a parabolic microphone, which can be focused like a spotlight, will be trained on the actors from a distance of 20 feet and will follow their movements as they go through the business the play calls for. But first, the radio play, A Comedy of Danger. A gallery in a Welsh coal mine, 1,000 feet below the surface of the earth. The lights are gone. What's happened? Where are you? Here. Where 
find you. Here. I'm holding my hand up. I can't find you. Well, right here. Oh, what's that? <laughs> it's all right. It's only me. Oh, you did frighten me. Touching me suddenly like that. I'd no idea you were so close. Get hold of my hand. Whatever happens, we, we, we mustn't lose each other. Oh, that's better. But the lights, why have they gone out? Oh, I don't know. I suppose something's gone on with the dining room. They'll, they'll turn them up again in a minute. Oh, Jack, I hate the dark. Cheer up, darling. It'll be all right in a minute or two. So frightfully dark down here. No wonder. There must be nearly a thousand feet of rock between us and the daylight. Not surprising, it's a bit dusky. I didn't know there could be such utter blackness as this ever. It's so dark, it's as if there was never such a thing as light anywhere. Oh, Jack, it's like being blind. They'll turn the lights up again soon. I wish we'd never come down to this beastly mine. I knew something would go wrong. It'll be all right, dear. It's, it's only the light. Where are the others? Oh, they're just on ahead, not far. Suppose we get lost. We can't get lost, Mary, darling. The others will stand still, too, till the lights go up, and then we can easily overtake them. We've only got to wait patiently. I wish you hadn't wanted to drop behind the others. Oh, Jack, I'm afraid of the dark. My mistake. Buck up, Mary, old girl. It'll soon be over. Listen. Oh, it's Mr. Back. Hello. Hello. Who's there? Oh, Mr. Back, what's happened? Is it all right? It is all right indeed. Leaving us suddenly in the dark like this. But there has been an accident. Oh, goodness knows. I'd expect anything of a country like Wales. Wretched incompetent. The houses are full of cockroaches. Ah, well, I suppose the only thing to do is to sit and wait for the lights to go up again. There's no danger. No danger, young lady, but it's damned unpleasant. Oh, I don't know. I'm beginning to think it's rather fun. Well, if you can find any fun in breaking your shins in the dark. Why oh. don't you call it fun? Being in a mine disaster? But, but this isn't a disaster. It's only the lights. No, oh, of course it is. You don't think it would be fun if it were a real disaster, do you? But the light going out might have been a disaster. And think how thrilling it's going to be to talk about it afterwards. I say, Jack. Yes? Let's pretend it's serious. Uh, what do you mean? Well, let's pretend it's a real disaster. And we're cooped up here forever, and we'll never be able to get out. Uh, don't joke about it. Well, no. There's no real danger, is there? Let's get all the thrills we can. With all the morbid ideas, young people nowadays I'm not thrilled. Let's pretend the roof's falling in. And they can't get at us. <laughs> All right. The baby you are. Here we are, my dear. Very alive. Oh, Jack. Unless they will never find us. Oh, Jack. Well? I'm so frightened. What else? About the roof having fallen in. But it hasn't. It's only pretend. Yes, but when I pretend, it seems so real. Oh, then don't pretend. But I want to pretend. I want to be frightened. <laughs> only hold my hand tight, won't you? Go on. We shall suffocate or starve or both, my dear, in each other's arms. Oh, Jack. Even death shall not part us. Oh, Jack, don't. It's too awful. Our poor young life cut so short. Oh, don't. No. There will be articles in all the newspapers. <laughs> I wish I could read them. Well, you can't have your funeral and watch it, young lady. Oh, this is fun. I wouldn't miss it for anything. Jack! 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 Quiet. Let's go. You're Keep going. Oh! Dark! Dark! Scream! Oh, Jack! Put yourself together. We're all right. We're not hurt. No, we're not hurt. But listen. Water. 
don't touch it me like that, man. It, it won't do any good. Well, the water, the current washing me away. Hold tight, then. Got you tight. Oh, if I could only see you. Just, just think of all the things I meant to do. Oh, shut up about the things you meant to do, you young cub. Will you realize we're all in the same boat and it is hard for me to die as it is for you? Or worse, my dad, a thousand times worse. You hurry, old sinner. Can't you prepare to get out of the world instead of cursing at me? Oh, Jack, let's play. Pray if you like, Mary, I can't. Oh, Jack, don't. Help. Help. I can't die. I'm an old man. I won't. I won't. Oh, hold yourself in, you old coward. Oh, Mr. Bat, I'm quite calm now. I don't mind dying. Nor do I. Help me. Help me! Help! Help! But it's no good, Mr. Ash. No one can possibly hear us. The only thing is to keep calm. It won't be long now. Help! 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 What's that? Help! 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 They'll find us if they're quick enough. Fire along, still. That's right. They can't be quick enough. Besides, I don't want them to find me. Help! Be quick, you fools. Quick, we are drowning. Oh, I can't do behave sensibly. Yes, darling. I'll never leave you. How do you know they let you stay with him, you little fool? What do you know of death? Death means nothing. Not even a breath of the wind or a mere drop of the rain. Not even a dirty ghost dragging its chains on the staircase. Oh, it's up to my chin. Help me. Let me lift you in my arms, darling. Then when it gets up to my chin, we'll die together. No, it isn't true what he's been saying. Oh, no, no, darling. Of course it's not true. Hurry up, you ghost! You blockhead! Back your way in! We're drowning, I tell you! Drowning! Quick! Quick! They must be nearly through. Oh, this, this suspense. How much longer before we know that we're going to live or die? I don't care which, but I do want to know. Look, there's a light. A hole in the roof. Wait! They're through! Quick! Below there! I told you below! Quick! I'm an old man! There's a girl here! My God, Jack. Tell me a Come along, young lady. I've got the roof. Thanks. No, no, never mind. Ah, up here. It'll be all right. I'll give you something to write about, too, my boy. All right about there. Uh, have you got her? Why? Right. Now the next. Up you go. Quick, Mr. Beck. The water's still in there. You're right. No, no, my boy. Up you. You're more value in the world than I am. Nonsense, sir. Up to you. You're an older man than I am. Quick now. There won't be time. You, you've got nearer to think of now, Jack. All the way above there. No, no. Stay with me. It's me you're holding up. You don't to be back. Oh, we'll have you up first. There's no time to wait. Throw her away again. Hello there. Hey, back! Catch hold! Have you got it? Hi! Back! God. He's gone. And now we are about to present Percival Wilde's play, The Finger of God, with a technique heretofore untried in radio. 
An engineer is stationed about 20 feet from the performers, focusing a parabolic microphone on them as they move around the especially set stage. This will allow them an unrestricted movement, which ordinarily cannot be done in present radio production. Percival Wiles, The Finger of God. The living room of Strickland's apartment. As the curtain rises, he is kneeling and burning some papers in a grate near the main door. Benson, his valet, is packing a suitcase which lies open on the writing desk. Benson? Yes, sir? Close the window. It's cold. Yes, sir. Sir, the window's closed. It's been closed all evening. Benson. Yes, sir. Don't forget a heavy overcoat. I've put it in already, sir. Plenty of fresh linen? Yes, sir. Collars and ties? I've looked out for everything, sir. You sent off the trunks this afternoon? Yes, sir. You're sure they can't be traced? I had one wagon taken to a vacant lot. And another wagon taken to the station. Good. I checked them through to Chicago. Here are the checks. What train do we take, sir? I take the midnight. You follow me sometime next week. We mustn't be seen leaving town together. How will I find you in Chicago? You won't. You'll take rooms somewhere, and I'll take rooms somewhere else till it's all blown over. When I want you, I'll put an ad in the Tribune. You, uh, you don't know when that will be, sir. As soon as I think it's safe. Maybe two weeks, it may be a couple of months. But you'll stay in Chicago till you hear from me one way or the other, you understand? Yes, sir. Have you plenty of money? Not enough to last a couple of months. Well, how much do you want? Five or six hundred. Wait a minute. I left that much in my bureau drawer. Oh, uh, uh, Mr. Strickland. Yes? It's the midnight train for Chicago, isn't it? Yes. Shall I go now? No, wait a minute. Hello, Pennsylvania? I want a compartment for Chicago, midnight train. Yes, tonight. Don't give your own name. No. The name is Stephen. Oh, you have one reserved in that name already? Well, this is Alfred Stephen. Have it reserved in that name? Then give me another compartment. What? You haven't any other? Never mind, then. Goodbye. Benson, go right down to the Pennsylvania and get the compartment reserved for Alfred Stevens. You've got to get there before he does. Wait for me at the train gate. Yes, sir. Now, don't waste any time. I'll see you later. Very well, sir.
Who's there? Remember me, sir? No. I'm from the office, sir. The office? Your office. I'm one of your personal stenographers, sir. Oh, I suppose I didn't recognize you on account of the hat. Well, what do you want? There were some letters which came late this afternoon. You're bothering me with them now. I've got no time for that. You'd better go. I thought you'd want to see these letters. Plenty of time tomorrow. But you won't be here tomorrow, will you? Won't be here? What do you mean? You're taking the train to Chicago tonight. But how did you know? Taking a train to Chicago? Of course not. What put that into your head? Why, you told me, sir. I told you? You said so this afternoon. I didn't see you this afternoon. No, sir. Then I found this timetable. Where did you find it? On your desk, sir. On my desk? Yes, sir. You're lying. Mr. Strickland. That timetable never reached my desk. I lost it between the railroad station and my office. Did you, sir? But this is the same timetable you see. You checked the midnight train. I reserved a compartment for you. You reserved a compartment? I knew you'd forget it. You have your head so full of other things. So I telephoned as soon as you left the office. I suppose you made the reservation in my own name? No, sir. What? I thought you'd prefer some other name. You didn't want your trip to be known. No, I didn't. What name did you give? Stevens, sir. Stevens? Alfred Stevens. What made you choose that name? I don't know, sir. You don't know? No, sir. It was just the first name that popped into my head. I said Stevens, and when the clerk asked for the first name, I said Alfred. Have you ever known anybody of that name? No, sir. You're sure you never knew anybody of that name? How can I be sure? I may have. I don't remember it. How old are you? You're not 20, are you? You think so. And I'm 47. It was more than 25 years ago. You couldn't have known. No, sir. What is your name? Does it matter? You didn't recognize my face a few minutes ago. My name can't mean much to you. I'm just one of the office force. I'm the girl who answers when you push the button three times. These are the letters I brought with me. Well, what are they about? Well, this one's from a woman who wants to invest some money. How much? Only a thousand dollars. Why didn't you turn it over to the clerk? The savings of a lifetime, she says. Well, what of it? Well, she wrote that she had confidence in you. She says she wants you to invest it for her yourself. You shouldn't have bothered me with that. Did she enclose the money? Yes, a certified check. Well, write her that... Oh, you know what to write. But I'll give the matter my own attention. Yes, sir. She says she doesn't want a big return on her investment. She wants something that'll be perfectly safe. And she knows you'll take care of her. Yes, of course. Well, what else have you? A dozen other letters like it. All from old women? Some of them. Why did you bring them here? Every one of these letters asks you to do the investing yourself. Oh. And you're leaving town tonight. Here are the checks. Every one of them's made out to you personally, not to the firm. You shouldn't have come here. I haven't time to bother with that sort of thing. Every man who has $5 to invest asks the head of the firm to attend to it himself. It means nothing. I get hundreds of letters like those. Still... Well, what? You must do something to deserve such letters or they wouldn't keep on coming in. It's wonderful to inspire such confidence in people. Do you really think so? Oh, it's more than wonderful. It's magnificent. These people don't know you from Adam. Not one in a hundred has seen you. But they've all heard of you. And what's even more real than you is your reputation. Something in which they rest their absolute confidence. So you think there are few honest men? No, there are many of them. But there's something about you that's different. Something in the tone of your voice and the way you shake hands. Something in the look of your eye that's reassuring. Oh, there's never a doubt, never a question about you. It's splendid, simply splendid. 
What a satisfaction it must be to you to walk along the street and know that everyone you meet must say to himself, there goes an honest man. It's been an inspiration to me. To you? Oh, I, I know you don't remember who I am. But you don't imagine that anyone can see you as I've seen you, work with you as I've worked with you, without there being some kind of an effect. You know, in my own trouble... Oh, you have trouble. Oh, you don't pay me a very big salary, and there are others whom I'm he I must help. But I'm not complaining. I used to be like the other girls. I used to watch the clock and count the hours and the minutes till the day's work was over. But it's different now. How different? I thought it over. Made up my mind that it wasn't right to count the minutes you worked for an honest man. Are you sure I'm an honest man? Don't you know it yourself, Mr. Strickland? You remember a few minutes ago you spoke the name of Alfred Stevens? Yes. Suppose I told you there once was an Alfred Stevens. Suppose I told you that Stevens, whom I knew, stole money. Stole it when there was no excuse for it, when he didn't need it. His people had plenty and they gave him plenty. But the chance came and he couldn't resist the temptation. He was 18 years old then. He didn't even know what to do with the money when he had stolen it. They caught him in less than 24 hours. It was almost funny. He was punished. He served a year in jail. And what a year. His folks wouldn't do a thing for him. They said such a thing had never happened in their family. He told his family that he never wanted to see them again. He changed his name so they couldn't find him. He left his hometown. He came here. And he's been honest ever since. Ever since. For 28 years. It was hard at times, terribly hard. It managed to live. It wasn't pleasant living. It wasn't even decent living, but he stayed alive. I don't like to think of what he did to stay alive. He thought the year in jail was terrible. The first year he was free was worse. He'd never been hungry in jail. Then his chance came. Yes, it was a chance. He found a purse in the gutter, and he returned it to the owner before he made up his mind whether to keep it or not. The man who owned the purse gave him a job. Then they said he was a hard worker. And they promoted him. They made him manager. They gave him more chances to steal. But there were so many men watching him, so many men anxious for him to make a slip so that they might climb over him that he didn't dare. And then? Well, the rest was easy. Nothing succeeds like a good reputation. And he didn't steal because he knew they'd catch him. But he wasn't honest at bottom. The rotten streak was still there. After 28 years, things began to be bad. He speculated, lost all his money and made up his mind to take other money that wasn't his. It was wrong. It was the work of a lifetime gone. But it was the rottenness in him coming to the surface. It was the thief he thought dead coming to life again. What a pity. He'd been honest so long, he'd made other people think he was honest. Was he wrong, Mr. Strickland? Stephen, please. Look, I don't know what sent you, who sent you, but you've come here tonight as I'm running away. Well, you're too late. You can't stop me. Not even the finger of God himself could stop me. I've gone too far. Look, here's money. Hundreds of thousands of it, not a cent of it mine. And I'm stealing it, do you understand me? Stealing it. Tomorrow the firm will be bankrupt and there'll be a reward out for me. Here, if you please, is your honest man. What have you to say to him now? The man has been honest so long that he's made himself think he's honest. Can't steal. Do you believe that? I was left a little money this week, only a few hundred dollars, hardly enough to bother you with. Will you take care of it for me, Alfred Stevens? Good God. What a beautiful night. Thousands of sleeping houses, millions of shining stars, and the lights beneath. 
and in the distance how the stars and the lights meet, so that one cannot say, here God ends, here man begins. Yes? You're afraid I'm going to miss the train? Well, I am going to miss it. I'm going to stay here and face the music. I'm an honest man, do you hear me? I'm an honest man. There. Did you hear what I told him? Did you hear what I... Why, where are you? Where are you? Why, she's gone. She was never here at all. The Columbia Workshop is presented as its first program, a demonstration of radio and stage technique. Will you write and tell us how you like the demonstrations and whether or not the illusion in the stage play had any advantages or disadvantages over the radio presentation? The Columbia Workshop's presentation was conceived and directed by Irving Reese. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. The Columbia Workshop, under the direction of Irving Reese. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight the Columbia Workshop is about to present its second program dedicated to you and to the magic of radio. Before we do, we wish to thank you for your generous response to our request for your opinions on the experiment we demonstrated of radio technique versus stage technique. During long rehearsals of the stage play with a parabolic microphone, we learned a great many things which, added to your opinions of the broadcast, have led us to decide to continue the investigations in the use of the parabolic microphone for radio drama. More than 80% of the letters told us that the stage play presented exactly as it would be in the theater, allowing the artist's freedom of movement, enhanced the illusion of dramatic reality. Because of your interest and response, we're planning further experiments along this line with modified equipment which will enable us to overcome some of the difficulties we encountered and with dramatic scripts which will be shaped especially for the scope of the parabolic microphone. The first will be ready in a few weeks. Tonight, we're presenting, as another experiment, the work of a new radio writer, Leopold Prother. Mr. Prother has constructed an unusual radio play called Broadway Evening. Broadway Evening has no plot. It is an ear impression of an evening in the life of an average New York man and woman on Broadway. Many of the sounds that you'll hear will actually come from the crossroads of the world to form an authentic background for our place. Times Square, the Great White Way, the main stem, the street of broken dreams, of fame and fortune, of hope and disillusion. Its great hotels would house a city full of people. Its restaurants would feed them. Its electric signs would light all their streets. The sayings of its sages, the soothsayers and its philosophers would keep them reading for a lifetime. As bright as noon the whole day long, more stars than there are in heaven. The gayest spot in all America. The world beats to the pulse of Broadway, and it's part of the crowd that moves beneath its gaudy halo. Great ships bring them here, and swift airplanes. They come in a thousand trains and ten thousand automobiles, in huge buses, and sometimes on foot. 
visitors from the furthermost reaches of the United States, from all the Americas, pleasure seekers from the ends of the earth. They are speed over it in taxi cabs and up and down its buildings and fast elevators. But mostly, they walk up and down its sidewalk. You see this crowd on the stage, in the movie houses, on the screen as shadows. It is to be found between the pages of books and caught in the paintings of countless artists. Its movements, its colors, its smells unknown everywhere. Its gaily dressed throngs, its pet children, and even its beggars are the material for a never-ending stream of dramas. No source of pleasure is unknown to it, and many know its misery. It speaks all languages in every tone with every gesture. It is strident, fast, and living. Most of all, it is unceasing. Here is its voice. Broadway Evening by Leopold Frosser. Give me American cooking every time. American. It's a picture. It doesn't do 
Now you're like a society. Mother, where is Tom? Oh, and you're paying three bucks. Oh, the latest song hit for a nickel. Songs of the same screen in radio. Five cents. Watch the one of popular songs. Got to watch yourself in weather like this. First thing you know, you're down with a grip or something. That's right. Gosh, it's getting muddier again. Yeah, it feels like another scorcher. Yeah. Well, cool inside the moving picture houses. Well, that's something. Boy, it's been hot. And someday it can't be done. Out in California, the land in the midnight sun... They use it all the time. Now, here you are, folks. Not a dollar, not 50 cents, but only one dime. For a dime, you get the greatest in I don't know. 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 I needs a new trend, something the repairman said. Did you tell him we got new tubes only last week? Didn't you hear what I said? No, it's I... not the tubes, it's the... What did he say now? Oh, yeah, yeah, the transformer, that's it. We need a new uh, transformer. How much will that cost? Well, he said he'd let me know. Well, don't let him put anything over on you. Shine, mister. Shine, mister. Shine him up. You want to go in here? All right with me. Places. Yes, whatever you want. Well, I don't know what I want. Well, guess I'll have some eggs. Can you give me two fried eggs? Try them on both sides. Try two. Over. I'll take the bacon with that. Well done, please. Bacon with it well. Why, whole wheat rolls. Whole wheat. Whole wheat. Yes, sir. Yours? Uh, uh, what kind of soup you got? Clam chowder, English beef, Yankee beans. Uh, Yankee bean. Yankee bean. On the dinner? No, 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 just soup. Yankee bean, all off. Now, uh, I'll take one of those steel cutlets. Uh, 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 that one. This one? No, no. Oh, no. this one. Yeah, yeah. Vegetables? Well, let's see. Cauliflower, uh, spinach plain, cabbage, spinach cream. Well, spinach cream. Oh, spinach cream, yes, sir. String beans, french fried potatoes, Brussels sprouts, peas, macaroni, mashed potatoes. Uh, mashed. Uh, mashed. Here you are, sir. Check. What, what's that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Here's my check. Say, say, do you mind putting a little gravy on the mash? Not at all. Gravy on the mash. Gravy on the mash. Gravy on the mash. Apple pie with ice cream. Apple ola. Chowder. Chowder. Carrots and peas. French fries. French fries. Coffee. 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 Tea. Tea. Cream or lemon? Cream. Cream. Coffee. 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 Fry two. Liver. Milk. Crisp. This one. That one. That one. This one. Ala. 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 Ala.
our ticket for a complete job just starting. No waiting, complete job just going on. Get your ticket for a complete show. Uh, uh, two, please. Just in time to see a complete show just going on. No waiting, no standing alive. Complete show just going on. Standing room only on the main floor, seats in the balcony. Standing room only on the main floor, sir. A good seats in the balcony. Uh, what time now? The feature, sir. Been on 35 minutes. Standing room only downstairs. Uh, should we go upstairs? No, let's stand down here for a while. All right. Dorothy, I didn't expect to find you here. I'm going away, Reggie. Going away, Dorothy? Why? <laughs> I realize it's all over between us. You and Bob Viola. And I... Continuous dancing. 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 Continuous
And you were stifled in that darn dance place. Mm. Fresh air clears your head. You sure did. Terrible hot in there. You don't notice it till you come out here in the open. Yeah. Open air feels much cooler after that hot joint. You don't feel so choked up. You can breathe easier. Yeah, sure can. I thought you rubbed that lotion on it. Yeah, I did, but it didn't do much good. No, I guess not. You better rub it on before. Oh, before the sun gets you? Yeah. Then it doesn't burn so bad. Well, why didn't you? Oh, I don't know. Guess you don't think about it at the time. Yeah, I guess you don't. Now you're not mixed Now you're not Here, here, here. What's the matter? You fellow blind? Can you see the red light? Yes, officer. Uh, why do you go ahead? Yes, officer. Green means go, red means stop. Yes, officer. All right, then. See if you remember next time. Yes, officer. All right, take it out of here. Yes, thought you said there was a hole in it when you spent it. There was, but it wasn't so big. Shine, Mr. Shine them up. Shine them up. Shine them up, Shine. 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 No, lady, it's not a solid gold watch, and I'm not going to sell it to you as a solid gold watch, and I'm not going to sell it to you for the price of a solid gold watch. In fact, by the time I'm finished, I say, by the time I'm finished, you'll wonder whether I'm going to sell it at all. You'll wonder whether I don't intend to give it away. Look at the watch, ladies and gentlemen. All right, ask me another of the same article, Fred. That's right, Fred, that's right. A man couldn't wish for a better assistant. <laughs> These watches, ladies and gents, are solid 14-carat roll gold-plated cases. There's only two of them, and the cases are solid 14-carat roll gold-plated cases. Now, you ask me, what's the difference between that and the gold? You pay foreign watches at the swell stores, charge you 50 and 100 and $200 for. And I know you all buy one or two of them watches every week. <laughs> what's the difference? Yes, ladies and gents, ten dollars. 
was what I was getting for these solid 14 carats through gold-plated watches this morning. But for you folks, I'm going to do better because I know you have confidence in me, see? Not ten, not nine, not eight. Here, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Tell you what I'll do. You folks are going to be glad you came in here tonight. Hand me one of them there rings, Fred. One of them 18 carat solid roll gold-plated engagement rings with a genuine stone. That's it, Fred. <laughs> We've been together for a long time, eh, Fred? You trust me, and I don't trust you. <laughs> I'll hold it up where they can all see. Now, now, ladies and gents, take these two articles together. The 14 carat solid roll gold-plated one and the 18 carat solid roll gold-plated ring. Always a woman mixed up in it somewhere. All turns on money or women in the long run. That isn't so long either. Yep. Fast life and a gay one. Can't be so gay. Maybe not. But plenty fast. Two francs. Two francs? Two drink with them? Two francs. Two drinks? Frank, put it with it. Two dogs as much as a dog. Two dogs to go! Cocktails have gone to my head. Yeah, got quiet chicken in them. Cocktails always make me a little dizzy. Well, I suppose that's what they're for. Yeah, but you've got to drink a lot of them. They charge too much. That's right. Nothing in them. Must be all profit. Well, you get away with it. Sure do. It's a good business. Well, business if you know how to work it. Well, they know. They sure do. You yeah, bet they do. Now, bring all the brownies, get your
about the circle with your eyes closed like a squirrel in a cage round and round? Squirrels don't know better, folks. They don't have the faculty of human intelligence to differentiate us from the animals. They go round the circle. They don't get no place. They can't think where they're going as human beings like you and me can. They're content to plot around and round and round without gaining anything from going round and round. But you and I, having the faculty of human intelligence, don't have to go round and round. We can get someplace. We don't have to emulate the squirrel who gets no place. So men learn the truth about things. Don't be content to go as the squirrel goes round and round and round. Good publicity agent. Well, I guess you better have something to get those big audiences and your picture in the newspaper. Yeah, I guess they know their stuff, all right. Must be a lot just as good, though. Gotta get a break. That's, That's all. Right. That's right. You gotta get a break. I am up. Fortune 
terracotta roll gold seats for the balcony. Forty terracotta roll gold seats for the balcony. Blue sign, Oscar. Blue drink with it. Blue drink with it. Blue sign, Oscar. Blue drink with it. Blue drink with it. Girl, size in the bag. Girl, size in the bag. If you enjoyed that golden age of radio production, be sure to follow the Riley and Kimmy show. We feature old time radio shows from time to time. We have archived episodes available right now on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Some of them have old time radio episodes on them. Please tell your friends about the Riley and Kimmy show. Help us grow. Our social media links are available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. That's R-I-L-E-Y. And Kimmy, K-I-M-M-Y, dot com. If you friend, follow, and like us, we will friend and follow you back. Also, be sure to check out our website, events page, and our social media pages for updates where the Riley and Kimmy show will be appearing next. And we're available for your pop culture event and also those that are animal-based, about pets and animals, too. We have a spinoff show called Animal Special. So be sure to tell your friends about us. It's the Riley and Kimmy Show, the nerd variety talk show with daily pop culture episodes. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Find archive podcasts of the Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.